Hi, welcome to the Daniel podcast. My name is Jeff Steele, and I have a special guest with me. You can introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Ella Steele. Ella Steele, my <laughs> daughter. You are all of 14 years old. Did I get yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of kids. Sometimes I forget how old y'all are, but I'll do my best. We <laughs> are, we're doing Daniel chapter nine and it's verses one through 19. So we're going to read it. I'm going to read the first little bit, Ella, and then you can pick up maybe verse seven. Okay. Yep. All right. Daniel nine, it says, it was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became the king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as was revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commandments. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commandments and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to your kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are in the right. But as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of all of us including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel, scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you. O Lord, we and our kings, princes, and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has disobeyed your instruction and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now the solemn curses and judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured down on us because of our sin. You have kept your word and done to us and our rulers exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us the disaster he prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all these things, for we did not obey him. O Lord our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. O our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. O my God, for your people 
and your city bear your name. All right. So kind of a longer section of text here from Daniel. And um, so my, my question for you, Ella, is as you're reading that, is there like what part of that kind of sticks out to you the most? Um, I think just the whole thing, because Daniel is like one of the only men in scripture that has nothing bad said about him. Right. Um, and th- that doesn't mean that he didn't sin, but, you know, nothing he did disappointed um, God. And in this passage, he prays out one of the most powerful prayers of confession in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Like lots of Bible people in the Bible, like we know all kinds of bad stuff about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do lots of dumb stuff, which is encouraging to me because when I do something dumb, then I'm like, hey, I could be in the Bible because yeah. people in the Bible do really dumb stuff. But there really isn't anything about Daniel mm-hmm. that I can think of Yeah, where where they're like, Daniel, Daniel really messed up. So, so Daniel being uh, an all around good guy, what makes it so interesting or what makes it so surprising that he would pray this prayer? Um, he's confessing for his people, though he wasn't even part of their sins. Right. Um, yeah, he's probably been the one who's been like trying to warn people. Right. Yeah. Like he's he's the one who's like, guys, you got to chill or yeah. we're going <laughs> to like bad stuff is going to happen if you don't if you don't stop. And yeah. yet um, they find themselves in this mess. And so now he's like switching roles almost. I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like when people complain about, oh, Christians are this or that, or like you Christians, you're also judgmental or you're also, you know, whatever. I don't know if you ever have like friends or anybody um, say that, but um, our first inclination is to like be defensive. Like, well, that's not yeah. me. Right. Like yeah. I'm not the one who's like that, but other Christians are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not exactly what Daniel will be doing here. Yeah. He would be more like, you know what? We're, we're not all that. Like we, we Christians, we don't necessarily have it all together. And, yeah. and sometimes I think maybe that is something that people might need to hear more so than like, I'm going to try to justify myself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like if you're, um, I was thinking if, if you were like, maybe your parents went out and like your siblings were getting out of control and you were like being the responsible one to say, mm-hmm. listen, guys, mm-hmm. you guys need to chill <laughs> because bad stuff is going to happen to us if you guys yeah. don't chill. But they don't listen to you mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. I think your siblings probably always listen to you, but because um, they, they respect your wisdom mm-hmm. and your life mm-hmm. experience, don't yeah, they? No, for sure. Um, and so then when the parents hand out judgment, um, <laughs> you're probably more likely to say, hey, listen, I tried to tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to tell these knuckleheads. Yeah. To calm down. Um, but they didn't. 
right? Would that be yeah, fair? Would that yeah. be fair to say? Um, <laughs> or, or would you rather, or would you rather say, we, your children, have mm. not cleaned up the house like you asked? Probably throw them under the bus. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> throw them under the bus. I think I would too. Um, so, so that Daniel's not doing that. It's, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something powerful about kind of representing your community in that way. Yeah. He never like pointed fingers or blamed or complained. Yeah. So. And we noticed that because, um, that's what we tend to want to do. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that really kind of, kind of jumped out to me the most, I think is that, um, it said that Daniel was reading Jeremiah. He was reading the, the book of Jeremiah. So Daniel's reading his Bible. Yeah. Right. And the Bible looks different in Daniel's day because it wasn't all completely finished yet. Mm -hmm. He's still writing part of it. But um, he's reading the Bible and he reads about this like judgment and why all these things have come out. And so um, it said in verse three, it said, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. So the thing that's interesting to me about that is that Daniel is reading his Bible and then he reads something and then he's like, I got to do something about this. Yeah. So do you think that's how we normally read our Bible or no? No. What do we normally do? Um, I mean, like, we'll read it and think, wow, I should do something. And then we totally just <laughs> walk away yeah. from it. Yeah. I think that is probably more, yeah. more the typical experience. Um, or you read something and you're like, oh man, that was so cool. I'm so glad I read that. And then you walk away and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, cool. What's next? Yeah. The thought of like reading the Bible and then feeling like I got to do something about this. That's, that's a different kind of thing. Do you feel like you're pretty good about like making that change or doing something about it? Or do you more, more often kind of like forget and hope that it takes care of itself. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really good at applying the things to my um, own life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how, I think that's how we are. That's how all of us are. I do the same. You read it and you think, oh man, this is life-changing. Mm -hmm. This is a life-changing verse. And then you close the Bible and you're like, all right, cool. What's for dinner? <laughs> mm -hmm, for sure. So, um, so I'm, I'm pretty inspired by that, by Daniel, Daniel read his Bible. He did something about it. And when that thing was asking him to confess, confessing is something he probably didn't want to do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and confession for me comes down to verse seven. It says, Lord, you are in the right. Mm -hmm. You are in the right. That's a hard thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. If somebody is correcting you mm -hmm. to say, you're right. Do you ever have that? Yeah. Probably not because see, you're, so you're a gymnast, right? Yeah. And you have coaches who are there to correct you. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you feel like you receive that well or not? Um, I... Uh, depends. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't ask you this ahead of time. I, do you think that sometimes you say, you're in the right, or sometimes you say, you don't know what you're talking about? 
Well, if I think they don't, I don't know what they're talking about. I won't say it out loud, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I'll think that sometimes yeah. for sure. I know your little sister does. Mm, yeah. She definitely complains when someone oh, corrects yeah, her. Does. Her her first inclination is not to say you are right. Yeah, <laughs> I think we would do better if um, when we're be- especially like in a in a setting like this or, you know, in, in scripture or, or, or in prayer. Um, if we said, yeah, you're right. That's the first step. I think that's the first yeah. step in repentance is to, to fixing whatever it is that needs to be fixed, whatever your coach is trying to fix, mm-hmm. um, to say, okay, yep, you're right. So now how do we move forward? Yeah. So repentance says, God, you are right. So, um, I kind of wrote this little, little prayer here. And so let me close, close with that. Um, oh Lord here, I, I, I copied most of it from the scripture, but anyways, um, I kind of arranged this, I should say. So, oh Lord here, oh Lord, listen and act. Oh Lord, in our own righteous indignation, we so often believe that we are right and our enemies are wrong. And when we choose a path, uh, that leads to ruin, we are quick to distance ourselves from those who led us there. We want to say, not me, God. I never agreed to that. I don't support that. I didn't do that. I'm not the one who was wrong. But Lord, you are right. Your word and your judgments are fair and good, not me. I'm not good. I'm not right apart from you. So, O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. And O oh Lord, bring glory to your own name and for your own sake. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening.